Welcome to the Shortcuts Podcast, where we drop into every cut on brand new releases by world-class recording artists. I'm Sandy Shore for SmoothJazz.com Global. With me here is one of my personal favorites, soul jazz flutist Althea Renee. Althea has an exciting new collection of songs. It's called Pastel Leather, her 10th album to date. A festival favorite, this artist is a prolific composer, a charting recording artist, and enjoys great streaming success around the world. This new project features some powerful special guests, including Lynn Roundtree, Warren Wolf, Jeff Lorber, Demetrius Crayon Neighbors, and Marquel Jordan is on here too. Pastel Leather is a concept album, and we will definitely discuss this. Um, it's an overall theme project, and Althea will get into that. And we'll talk about some other topics, too, that involve the creative process of making this recording. Althea, welcome to the Shortcuts Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you for the uh, the wonderful intro. <laughs> My pleasure. That that was well-deserved. You have a, a very colorful career to date. And I'm always excited when I see you've got a new project out. Yes, I, I felt like it was time. It was time. Yeah, and so much has happened in between, you know, these two albums. The last time we spoke was with the release of Flossum. And uh, and what a, we had no idea where we were heading right after that, did we? Yeah, for sure. Wow, it's like three years mm-hmm. that, um, you know, of things... Um, all kinds of things happening that brought me to the point of doing this project. But I'm in such a good place, like spiritually, mentally, physically. <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And we can see, too, because if, uh, you know, following you on social media, if those photos are any example of, of where you're at uh, physically, and you can even see emotionally where where you are, you're appearing so strong and and confident and glowing in your photos. You look great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, I've recently uh, lost 26 pounds. And it's just funny how when you start on this journey and you don't even think you have that much to lose, you know. But with every, say, 10 pounds, it was just such focus. And it became more than just the weight loss because it was like a healing of, of just you know, accomplishing something that I had tried over and over. So yeah, it was really special. That is absolutely fantastic. I mean, as someone who has been on the journey for a long time, you know, I've learned um, the hard way that, you know, weight is, um, is something that is totally connected to, you know, inner, your innermost sacred emotions and feelings and thoughts and and experiences. And Mm -hmm. not all of us, you know, not all of us deal with that. There are other areas of our physicality that get pressured when we have stress or we have, you know, hidden emotions or whatever. But some of us carry it and we carry it to different degrees. And as you start shedding, it's almost like, like you said, it's a healing. Yes, yes. You know, and just, um, you know, it was a promise. There was something that my mom uh, said to me and before she passed away a year ago, you know, I would be on these various diets. And then she looked at me one day and she says, um, you know, you're always dieting. She said, but the thing is, um, you always look the same. 
And I thought, wow, that was like something that um, I'm going to change. You know, I said, I'm going to change this. And so I wanted to get to a certain weight. And, you know, my mom was, she was there with me the whole time. And I know she would be very proud. I was really sorry to hear about your mom passing. Uh, I know she was so important to you. And I know that that was hard. Absolutely. As mine was yeah. to me, you know, and I, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like I continue through going through my life with her, you know, in mind all, or and in heart all the time. I'm trying to make the decisions, you know, that I feel would be, uh, you know, make her happy as well, you know. Right. Right. And we were lucky to have her for 94 years. So amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's almost selfish to to want to hold on when she was with, you know, me for so long, because so many other people, you know, um, lose their parents, you know, way earlier in life. So I feel so blessed. You were very blessed. And I mean, and sounds like she was a good compass for you. And sometimes they say things that are just like, you know, like your mom said to you, you, you died and you always look the same. And, right. And it's like, that only a mom can say. Only a mom can say it. But yet there is so much wisdom in it. And, you know, we sit and process that stuff for a while. And then, then yeah. the answers come, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> You got to learn how to decode mom speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was always honest. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this this is great. And I know when you're in good physical shape, then it does help with the, uh, you know, emotional and mental acuity, you know, as well in life. And um, before we dig into this brand new project with the great title, Pastel Leather, I just want to chat for just a little bit um, more about your experiences in life and and a little bit about your musical journey, which I know had to have begun a bit around your father's influence as one of Motown's funk brothers in the horn section. And then a a little bit I want to touch on too about your um, transition from careers, because I think all of this plays into how you create music and where you go with your music. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, as a child, um, my dad was, um, you know, my mother loved classical music. So we would listen to classical music and I and I was a classical artist early on. But my dad would, Saturday mornings, he would be playing all kinds of jazz albums and, and we had a B3 organ. He actually had a couple of them because he had a trio after Motown. He formed a trio with um, B3 organ and drums and um, guitar sometimes. Yeah, but uh, it was just always music in the house. And I tried a a few instruments, but my my sister played the flute, my older sister, and she she never practiced and just wasn't really interested. So when I picked it up, I asked her if I could play it, and she was like, I don't care. (laughs) So uh, I just ran with it. From that, it was just uh, like love at first sight, you know. But I encountered Uh a lot of of things early on that I didn't really recognize as um, being prejudiced towards, you know, women or girls playing an instrument. Um, You know, I was too young to really understand, but my brother and I were in a band, in the um, school band, and the teacher, he tells me to just pretend to play and not to play. But my brother, he was very encouraging and working with him. And so when the concert came up, I, I had learned it. 
And he and I asked, I said, well, I, I know it. And he says, that's OK. I just don't play for real. And I was really hurt. That was like my first time, actually. And it was so early. Wow. That's the thing. <laughs> why, why am I being told not to play? Wow. You know, and, and now that is like a hill uh, you had to, you know, climb to get to get up and over that to even want to keep playing, you know? Right. And, you know, and there were other instances of that uh, throughout my life. Um, and I think that, um, you know, now we're seeing, um, you know, so many other uh, talented female flutists and artists, instrumentalists, you know, out here. And, and I can't help but know that feel like I was part of the um, path that paved the way for them to have it easier than I had it. In college, I, I remember when I decided I wanted to play jazz, I started going to jam sessions. And, um, you know, because my father wanted me to teach and he didn't want me to follow in the path, his path and and just be a performer. So he would always discourage me. He would tell me I didn't have any soul and, you know, because I played classically. You know, and I and I struggled with um, not getting help in terms of um, even though I was at Howard University, I was in the classical uh, department. I wasn't in the jazz band. And I was told that I had to play trumpet or flugelhorn in order to in the jazz band. I couldn't play flute. Exactly. So, you know, after picking up the trumpet and hating it, I mean, hating it. <laughs> And um, I just decided that I would just, you know, do it on my own. And so I always feel like this kind of rogue, kind of like a rapper that went out and I had to learn it for myself because whenever I would ask for help, it uh, it was always met, met with a sexual innuendo, uh-huh. you know, for me playing the flute. Do you look as good as you play or can you play? Do you have your flute? <laughs> <laughs> and. I mean, so you have had to deal with number a number of discriminatory issues, including the instrument itself not lending itself to the genre in their opinion, and right, and then being a, a, a female in trying to break into jazz. I mean, it just yeah, it's it's so isn't it just unbelievable? Like I think I was way too idealistic as a child when I thought. As we grew up, the world would just become more accepting. I, d I really believed that. I thought as I got older <laughs> that it would go away. But Me too. Um, but it doesn't. I mean, it's like, um, you know, some, some of, and I won't name any names, but it's been a person that I idolized my whole life. And that person basically did the same thing, sexualized my interest in wanting to further, you know, um, my style. Yeah. You know, cause you never get too old to learn. That's the thing. You know, you, you can, you can get to a point where if you get to a point where you think you've mastered it all, all, then I think that's the point that you stop growing. You know, there's always stuff to learn and there are always, hopefully the masters who, um, can, you know, lend a hand and, and, and help. And that's why I'm so, um, you know, um, pro women, pro help, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'll share a lot of things about, you know, um, my equipment, what I use, you know, things like that. Um, my advice on things, if asked, 
you know, exactly because I feel like I didn't have that for me. And I think it's really important that we keep voicing it, not to harp on any kind of negativity, just to call out what's real, you know, what's really happening. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and not dismiss like we have had to do for so many decades, just, you know, because it's not in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and if you say something, they'll say, I wasn't hitting on you. What's the matter exactly. with you? <laughs> like, don't be so, don't be so egotistical, you know? Right. <laughs> right. You think too much of yourself, you know, totally. but no, you know exactly what's going on. It, and, um, it's such a fun double-edged sword, isn't it? <laughs> they get yeah, you, it they is. Get but you, you know the... what? <laughs> you, we just have to be more, we have to be better at our business. We have to to know exactly what you want, and 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 when you're um, hiring bands and and working with musicians, have your stuff together. No, that's exactly it. It's like the um, you know there was a, such a great interview with Oprah Winfrey at one point where she was talking about excellence, um, transcending you know gender, transcending color, transcending age, yes. tran- transcending everything. So mm-hmm. that. That's what Everything. we have control of. We can control our minds and um, and we can control, you know, how much we're willing to invest into our craft, you know, and that is and only then do we uh, basically transcend all of this, you know, noise, really. And if you don't experience loss, then you can get into this false sense of, um, you know, just success, mm-hmm. you know, um, so... For me, like being an indie artist is, you know, really like I I just I love it. I love it because my my successes are mine. My my um, losses I learn from. And but I retain all of my masters. I retain all of the credit and all the hard work that went into my music, you know, and my art, whether it's writing a book or, um, you know, whatever it is, I own it. Yeah, and that's really I own it all. It's really important and and I've always I've said this for probably 20 plus years now. If an artist um is willing to do a little bit of the work, you know, I know you have to roll your sleeves up and you have to get down oh, in yeah. there. You have to wear your business hat when you're not wearing your artist hat. If you're willing to do it, the the successes and the rewards and everything is just so much greater when you are in charge of it. Correct. Correct. And I love seeing you doing this. It's so inspiring and encouraging, you know, to to me as a a radio person and a, a music lover. Um, and I know, I know, it's really inspiring to you know to artists. I mean, just you know, regardless of gender, but especially you know the young girls coming up now and oh yeah, watching yeah. watching you go, you know, and watching you take an instrument that you have so much passion for and and inserting it into a, a music. Uh, you know, motif that you have so much passion for. It's it just and it, and not only that, but it works. Not only are you doing it because you're inspired to, but and it works and it sounds amazing when we play you on the radio and and how much traction you get in a mix of music. And I, I give you that Thank perspective because that might be something you know you don't think about how how amazing you stand out in a mix of music because of this you know integrity you bring to your craft. Yeah, well, early on, I was uh, told by the radio stations that um, I wasn't smooth jazz. They're like, well, flute really isn't typically a smooth jazz instrument. And I'm just like, you know, do you like the music? Do you like the song? You know, 
um, not whether the instrument. <laughs> I, I didn't. I never saw whether the if the if the song fits, then the instrument fits. Then you know. So that's when I became. Um, I started using soul jazz. Yeah, flutist because um, I was rejected by smooth jazz. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm soul jazz anyway. And so I went with that for a while, and then. All of a sudden, I started seeing other artists using soul jazz. And I'm like, wait a minute. Soul jazz, it comes from a place. For me, it comes, up, it comes from growing up uh, listening to funk music in, in Detroit. Between Ohio, where all the funk, yeah. <laughs> the early funk originated, and Detroit. you know. And so um, you don't just get to call yourself soul jazz just because it sounds cool it, it it means something or it should mean something you know and so then i had to tag on original soul jazz <laughs> flutist <laughs> and that's why you see that now because i get it um yeah well you know it cracks me up because um smooth jazz is really just an um, umbrella term it doesn't you know there's no such thing as smooth jazz, that is just a term. To uh, it's a mix of music that incorporates soul, jazz, R and B, hip hop. You know, it, yeah, it's set Latin. You know, and when uh, you'll you'll relate to this because you know I, I know about your previous career. There are people officially um, that have deputized themselves as the smooth jazz police, Althea. So, <laughs> so, so they're holding the gate. And um, I love that you just crashed through it. You know, they're just names. These are just names. And and what we do over here, you know that, is, I mean, we own the name smoothjazz.com, but our sound is super right. um, inclusive. Oh, yeah. And it, it's oh, more yeah. about a lifestyle, I think. And, you know, we got to move. Yeah. We got to move. Yeah. And we need music that makes us move. And that's what you do. And thank you for... Thank you for for um, explaining that, you know, because I think it has evolved since when it first came out. You had a few people that they decided what it want, what it was going to be. And it was going to be guitars mm-hmm. and saxes. Oh, yes. So th- they were the ones that's telling everybody else, hey, you don't play guitar or sax. You're not smooth jazz. So now, yeah, of course, it's evolved because, you know, we have violin, we have harp, we have all kinds of instruments Um you know, uh, doing music. So yeah, I just I just feel like we should always, you know, it it should all be inclusive um, of everything. And just because I'm soul jazz doesn't mean um, that I can't appeal to smooth jazz. So that that's the whole point. I think, you know, for the people that come out to the festivals and support artists, they know, they know, you, they know. You know. I mean, in in everybody's collection, we. Ha- I mean, look. You know, when we used to have our CDs or we used to have our vinyl, I still have my vinyl. Um, it mm-hmm. you will see a very if you're a contemporary jazz fan, you know, instrumental music fan, you're going to have you you should have everything in there. You will have Tower of Power. You know, and you will have uh, Sade, probably. You'll probably have some Steely Dan. Right. And we we like all of that. That's why I've, I always chuckle when people are like, that's not smooth jazz. And I'm thinking to myself, no one can define it. You just can't. It's just not. It's a living organism, and it, it, and it ebbs and it flows mm-hmm. like the ocean. I love you it. You know, it rises and it falls. And, you know, you can't. You can't really define it. And, it, you know, the other thing was smooth jazz is dead. And it's like, it, it's not going to die. No, and when how you could start it die? Hearing, 
When you hear smooth beats that we've been playing for years in like post Malone music, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. now you now you know it's not going anywhere because the kids are like incorporating these really trick beats into their rap and their you know and their youthful songs, right? And our live shows and festivals are like none other, and there is nothing. There's no way anyone wants to go to a rap concert all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. over 40, for sure. I mean, you're going to leave there so angry that you're going to burn something down, you know? Right. So, this, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> your um, your new album, Pastel Leather, I, I feel like, you know, when we create, we're creating from our you know, experiences and our our makeup, our family, our influences and all that. And this is an interesting concept. I've read, you know, some of the the releases on it and and I'd love it for for you to explain you know the the name where you're coming from on it I know your your background in law enforcement had probably led you down a really interesting road of psychological evaluation if you will and plus your own experiences can you give us a little bit about um, pastel leather human behavior and how this collection of, of songs came together Well, you know, I usually speak from a woman's point of view, (laughs) being that I am a woman. I don't try to, you know, perceive to understand um, men in that way. But I I always speak from my own experiences. And I think as women, we're always, especially through this last two years, you know, but even beyond that, when people ask, hey, how's how's it going? How are you doing? And all they want to hear is, oh, I'm fine. Great. Yeah, everything's going good. You know, and then as you go through tragedies and anxieties and all kinds of things in your life, you 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 we're continuously going out putting on this pastel image of that everything is fine. You know, all the while on the inside, you want to scream. You have to be so tough. You have to be the one that that can't cry because you've got too much to do, and you you still have to um, be strong for everyone. And that's the the leather. That's the leather. And the pastel side is just the part that, hey, how are you? You look beautiful. (laughs) You know, everything's wonderful. Yeah, I'm good. You know, (laughs) and that's what we do. But that tough interior is tough. If they ever see that side, you don't want to see that side. (laughs) I'll tell you, you don't want to see that leather side. Yeah, I I think that that's a really interesting socialization, isn't it, of of women in our culture and maybe not just limited to women, but um yeah, where we where we feel we have to say everything's fine, you know. Yeah, because if you don't, yeah, you if people are like, "Oh my god, I asked her how she was doing and she started going on and on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I find that um you know, when you start, it's, I remember a, um, it was a comedy thing with, with Ellen DeGeneres when she said, you know, she's very, very, very busy. She was picking up a cup of coffee yeah. on her way to yoga. And she made, mm-hmm. a, she made a comment that, uh, you know, when you see somebody on the street and you ask them how they're doing, if they don't say fine, you look at your watch and you're like, oh, God, I just <laughs> <laughs> don't hilarious. really, I didn't really want to know. <laughs> right, exactly. And people don't. So, yeah, that's what yeah. pastel leather is all about. Okay, um, I get it. Got that yin and the yang, and um, I think on the outside, um, you know, my my melodies. I write all of my melodies, 
um, with my project or in my music because, you know, they have to come from my heart. And that's the soft side that people hear. My melodies are always um, heartfelt. At least that's what I hope <laughs> that you get from it. They're yeah, I play from the heart, and and they're they're always um, somewhat feminine, somewhat there's a childlike quality, mm. you know, because I'm really bearing everything, you know, but but the backbeat <laughs> could be going, you know, funky as hell, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that is the that is my music. That's what you hear in in all of my music. Okay, I get the, I get it, I get it now, and I, I think it's exciting when people are willing to um, show us all sides. I feel like there's a vulnerability mm-hmm. in it, you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time, it there's a little bit of like, don't mess with that person, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's some ser- that's some serious serious stuff going down, and that's I think you do, I think you do come off like that on stage, which you know, honestly appeals to everyone. If you think about it, like if there's a, you know, that, that kind of leathery or tough, we'll call it tough beat that, you know, like Mm -hmm. when people say that's tight, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like this (laughs) killer, this killer groove, killer beat. And then the melody is very pure and, you know, your melodies are very sweet. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I totally get what you're, what you're projecting here and how it's on the surface, it's about music, but if you drill all the way down, it, it can even be about, you know, our societal expectations really of our, of how we portray ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is really cool. And on this new album, we're about to um, play some samples here and talk a little bit more about the project. And this is just out. It's brand new. And this feature allows people to hear how, you know, the songs came about, the featured artists on it. And I know you have a lot of wonderful musicians here. And Althea, you know a lot of musicians. This must have been a challenge for you to select the few that are on this project. It also must have been really fun to, you know, give Lynn a call and and touch base with Jeff Lorber and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Where are we starting? (laughs) Yeah, let's start. Let's go for the first track, which I know is the title track. If you don't okay. mind, introduce a little bit of that uh, and tell us something about the, you know, what what made you come up with this sound, melody, and who's on it. Okay, so Pastel Leather, uh, that was probably the first song that we did uh, back in March. And um, I was working with Demetrius Neighbors. We've been um, working together and co-producing for... Um, Wow, pretty much um, at least three or four projects, at least, <laughs> maybe more. And he sends me music, and I'll say, oh, I like that, I don't like that, you know. He sent me that track, and I thought, oh, man, that's it's upbeat, it's feel good. Um, you know, it's it's just got this, um, it's, and the horns, I had never worked with horns. So, uh, and these are live horns. These aren't like, you know, keyboard horns or anything. So we got, you know, a horn section and um, and it just came together um, so well. It just It's just a feel good. It's a beautiful opener for the rest of the CD. So here it is right here. This is Pastel Leather on the Shortcuts podcast. Check this out.
So you just heard Blue Room from my CD entitled Pastel Leather. And I had the pleasure of working. It's always been a dream of mine to work with Jeff Lober. He's done so much great work. And I was, um, I've always been a fan. And um, so when I had the chance to work with him, it was just it was just magic. So I really, really enjoyed the whole vibe of this uh, song. I didn't even change the name. He named it Blue Room and I just thought it was great. So uh, I had a great time doing this song. Um, The next song that you're going to hear is um, entitled Tabula Rasa, which actually means clean slate. And. So it it definitely had meaning. I have, you know, close um, family that I just want everything to work out for them. And I wanted, you know, I wrote this for my son, you know, in particular, that he have a clean slate to be able to conquer the world or whatever it is that he wants to do in life. So I hope you enjoy it. And um, Tabula Rasa features Lynn Roundtree on trumpet. And he's another great friend of mine from Detroit, and we've worked on each other's projects over the years. So you've just heard Show You The Way, and I had the opportunity to write with Justin Young on this project, on this song. And uh, we actually um, recorded this probably about a year ago. I wanted to do, I've always wanted to do an inspirational project, and I, you know, uh, worked with Justin on doing that. And then we just decided to put it on this project because it's kind of been my anthem, and the message in it is... Focus on what's in front of you. During the time of, you know, that we went through with COVID, it was definitely sometimes a hour by hour, minute to minute, you know. Um, And I just had to focus on what was in front of me and the blessings that I had in front of me. And so that's what this song is all about. 
It's, um, you know, if you believe and he will show you the way and uh, you just got to just got to stay focused. So, yeah. Um, so I love that. That's a really positive message. And and speaking of kind of the downtime and the challenges of COVID, that kept you from running around the world like you normally do. And it also paused your um, fairly new festival that that you've launched, the South Central Jazz Fest in in your current hometown of San Antonio. Yes. But you're back now, and that's and that's what's exciting. You're back out touring, you're playing, and tell us a little bit about your recent um, your recent festival. How how did that go? Oh wow, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> the The first annual was last year, and we were very surprised. I was very surprised to walk in there and see that it was packed, you know, in 2021. So that was really great. And this year it was even bigger. I, I can't even explain, you know, what it feels like to um, to put on your own festival other than that it comes out of, you know, being rejected sometimes. Like, you know, sometimes when you where you live as an artist, you know, promoters don't want to book you and pay you your wage they feel like hey you're at home you know and you might be already giving them a deal so rather than be excluded you know guess what do your own festival yes. do your own shows <laughs> yes you're like the phoenix you're rising always rising out of those ashes absolutely you don't let anybody's words bring you down you know now if you're you know you're trying to do something that doesn't work you know well then you just have to find another way but never say, oh, I'm not working here because they won't book me or nobody wants to pay me or, well, then do it yourself. Yeah. There's no excuses. No, I love it. And that, that advice had to come from that 94-year-old mother of yours, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can, he- I can hear it. I can hear it. Um, no, and we're, you know, we've, we've seen a little bit about, I have seen good uh, bits and pieces from social media on South the South Central Jazz Fest, and it looks like a blast. And um, I, so you're going to do it next year, then you'll do it in 23 as well. Right, we're doing it next year. And we do it in the Texas fashion. You know, uh, it's, it's, uh, we do it in an uh, original airplane hangar that has been turned into an event center now. And it's beautiful. We get to open the, the, the front and back doors. We have vendors. Um, this year it was 85 during the day and about 75 at night. It, so it's just gorgeous weather, you know. Yeah. And um, so this is the perfect time to do it. I know a lot of people think it's too hot in San Antonio, but you can't do it in July. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna try to come join you next year. Oh, that would be so much fun. I would love that. I want to spend a little time in San Antonio, and I'd love to see the event. So yeah. Yeah, and and to find out more about that, we can uh, people can go to AltheaRenee.com. Correct, correct. And so many people came in the day before and or stayed the day after, and they went down to the Riverwalk, and um, so there were all kinds of things uh, happening. And we hope to be able to offer, um, you know, some things for our VIPs next year. That sounds great. Well, congratulations on the successful event. I know you had a moment where you were hoping to launch it, uh, I think in 2020, right? And then you just yeah. had to kind of hit the pause button for a minute. Yeah. And we also honored all the refunds. So that was, um, wow. that hurt. <laughs> yeah. But in the so- long run, I think it was, it was the, it was the thing, it was the best thing to do, you know. 
Absolutely. You know, and yeah. then people, uh, they really appreciate that because those were those were extraordinary times, difficult times for many. Yes. And uh, to, to be able to do, to do that, even though it hurts, you know, it's it's the right thing to do. And look what ended up happening. It, it all worked out yeah. beautifully in the end. Yeah. Two really successful back-to-back events, and, and you're going to do it again next we're year. We're going to do so, it again. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you know what they say about the third time? That's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I want to let folks know um, you're listening to Althea Renee, the original soul jazz flutist, and this is her brand new album that we're talking about. I'm Sandy Shore from smoothjazz.com global. This is the coolest collection of songs came out in 2022. We're absolutely thrilled to be working with Althea on a a global level uh, for pastel leather. And it's always nice to get into the tracks. That's what we do here on Shortcuts as we dig a little deeper to find out where the songs came from, how they came about, where the artist was coming from, who they invited on the track and why. And uh, we're going to slip in now to a really cool cut on the album, a, a borrowed track. I'll let Althea introduce track number five. All right, so the next uh, track is um, originally done by Joe Sample, and as I found out digging deeper, it was written by Marcus Miller. I didn't know that. And then there was, there was like this karma. I get a message in my Instagram from Warren Wolf, and he's uh, straight ahead, vibus, keyboardist, phenomenal, just phenomenal artist. And and in the message, it said, hey, I enjoyed your show last night and would love to work with you in the future. And I look at it and I'm thinking, I wasn't anywhere last night. <laughs> you know, that's odd. And when I looked at the message, the message was three years old. That's incredible. Who gets a message three years later? I don't know. I can't explain how that happened. But when I looked up Warren Wolf, then I saw... You know, he he has the wolf pack. He's a, this vibus that's playing all over the world, you know. And he he's huge in the straight ahead, you know, world. And so I, I thought when, you know, I thought about, I said, ma'am, we got to make this happen now because this is like weird. <laughs> so I come up with the, the um, seven years good luck. And I just thought it would be great to pair flute. I'm always looking for those unique pairings with the flute and flute and vibes. I don't know if it's been done before, but I wanted to do it. So that's how that song came about. So let's listen to a little bit of it right now. This is seven years of good luck made very popular by Joe Sample written by Marcus Miller right here on shortcuts by smoothjazz.com.
So you've just heard Jamoka Amen off the CD Pastel Leather. And Jamoka Amen, I just thought I wanted to do, originally I wanted to do a remake of a sexy R&B song. But um, talking with um, my co-producer Demetrius, he says, um, why do a cover? Why don't we just write our own? And so I said, yeah, 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 okay. So we came up with this kind of really sexy track. And then I thought about, man, what's sexy? What's a sexy way to say chocolate? You don't want to just say chocolate. Okay, that's, you know. But Jamoka Almond, that just sounds really like a mouthful, you know, just. And Jamoka Almond ice cream um, made popular by Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> that's uh, something that I really like. So um, that's how we came up with that. And the next track, Go-Go Boots. So this one, uh, so I went to Howard University. And, um, and so that's where, where I got introduced to go-go music. And let me tell you, man, you will lose your mind if you, if you let the go-go beat get in your head, you know. And that's exactly what happened. And, um, and I did a show this, this summer in D.C. And with a band. And at a certain point in our show, the drummer said, hey, Let's go, you know, let's do some go-go. I said, go for it. And he went into the go-go and people lost their minds. We had like 5,000 people dancing on the plaza, the mall, you know. It was just great. So that inspired me to, um, to write a go-go song along with Demetrius Neighbors, Crayon Neighbors. And, uh, and of course, Boots, anybody that knows me <laughs> knows that I have a boot fetish. So I have, uh, I just love all kinds of boots. So, um, so that's the name, Go-Go Boots. And this features, um, yeah, this features Marquel Jordan. I thought he was the perfect, perfect saxophonist to be on this because he's got that old school swag, that Chicago. He's not like uh, smooth jazz. He just floats between straight ahead, R&B, smooth jazz. He can do it all. So it was the perfect combination. Go-Go Boots from Althea Renee featuring saxophonist Marquel Jordan. And uh, this is the last track from Althea Renee's brand new album, Pastel Leather. Althea is here with us on Shortcuts. What a great new project. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited for you. And um, you did a really nice job on uh, the featured artists just so appropriately placed where they belong, uh, making the songs, you know, enhancing the songs for sure. Just lo- I just love it. And Go-Go Boots, what a great way to wrap it up. I- I don't you think your dad would have loved that one? I definitely think he would have liked it. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, normally 
you know, you think about 10 or 15 songs on a project. But I really wanted to concentrate on, you know, doing um, just a collection and that each each uh, song had a definite meaning. And there were no like there were no mistakes or filler songs or just we'll we'll just throw this in. They were all very intentional. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. It's a smart move if you think about it in today's, you know, new paradigm for sourcing music. You know, we're not... We don't have to go out and buy the album. And then you know how we all felt on some albums. Oh, we're stuck with the whole thing, you know? It's like, <laughs> right. I just bought it for two songs, you know? Right. It's like skip, skip, hated it, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then, and it's not, that's no, we're not being offensive. It's just the way it was back then. Now, you know, you just put the meat in it. There's no fluff here. It's just all good stuff. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Good, great job. Plus, you know what? Thinking of it from a fiscal sense, it's a smart move as well. It saves a little extra money for your artwork, design, marketing, whatever you have to do as an independent artist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. So, um, no, this is really great, Althea. It's been such a a wonderful um, opportunity to get a little bit deeper with you here on your music life in general. And I I always enjoy that with you, whether we're, you know, backstage somewhere chatting it up or on, on, you know, you know, international radio. (laughs) I just really enjoyed, (laughs) really enjoy talking with you always. I feel like we um, we're kindred spirits in a way. Yes, absolutely. And you yeah. know, I was I was looking up the new uh, uh, project and kind of getting myself prepared for this chat today. Uh, I was over on uh, on Spotify, and I thought you'd be happy to know that uh, when you go searching for me, you know this already. But when you go searching for artists on Spotify, you know you type in the name, and for some artists, you know that have common names, they they are one of hundreds of them. Like, you know, it's always interesting. If you put Michael in, for example, the first Michael is always going to be Jackson, right? Oh, wow. And and so like, if you're just a a Michael with a few albums out, you're going to have to put the whole name in. For you, however, you are the first Althea to pop up. You're number one. Wow, that's wonderful. That's good to know. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. And you're doing so well. Uh, with your, you know, your digital distribution, people are loving it. You're on so many different playlists out there. I find I find the streaming platforms to be very exciting because to me, it's just an extension of radio. Yes. It puts the mix in the hands of the people, the fans, the super fans that are really good at creating playlists. You know, they they are now front and center in the game of music distribution, just like DJs. Yes. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's. It's awesome. And so for people to find out more about where they can source your music, they can go to AltheaRenee.com, right? Correct. And your social as well. You you do a really good job of maintaining your social profiles. Oh, yeah. And that is not easy. But I feel like, uh, you know, being, a pro- being a, on the side of promoter and artist, you know, we have to learn to work together. When someone hires you to be on their festival or show or whatever, um, you know, if you don't have a social media, you know, there are a lot of artists that wonder why or how do I get on stuff? And it's because they don't have a social media platform. You, you know, it's it's not like you have these other outlets like you used to to sell tickets or promote your show. So you absolutely need the artists to do their part to do, um, you know, their social media, promoting it, a video. Uh, if you're not doing shows, then you you 
you know, are not getting to, you know, a bigger fan base as well. So it, it takes a mm-hmm. lot. It's a job. <laughs> it's another job. It's a full-time job. It's a full-time <laughs> job. Exactly. And this is what I tell artist clients all the time here is that the greatest thing you can do is focus on building your base. And um, that means your streaming numbers. It means your social numbers. You know, yeah. That way people can find you. And once they know you and love you and find you, then you can influence them to come see you live. And then the promoters are happy and you're happy. And, right. Because you know. I always cringe when I hear artists who say, oh, I don't do social media. It's just like, okay. (laughs) Let us know how that works out for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, you you definitely keep up. You're fun to follow. Um, You do a nice mix of of what's going on with the music and where you're performing. And every now and then we get to see Rocky, Rocky. which is really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I got some more videos. I just have to, I don't put them out on a daily basis, but he's always doing weird stuff every day so i sometimes i get to capture it so <laughs> we should let pete we should let those who don't know rocky we should let them know who rocky is rocky tell us a little bit about rocky rocky is our 110 pound boxer mastiff mix who is very <laughs> spoiled <laughs> i actually make him food my husband and i on the side of his dry food we actually make him you know a diet of rice and vegetables and um egg and teramic and all kinds of things and and his medical bills are more than ours <laughs> oh my goodness rocky but you know what he's got the greatest videos so we'll look forward to those coming up on instagram soon yeah for sure <laughs> i promise he's awesome he's ador- he's adorable i, I love thank him thank you well althea thanks again for your time and and for all of the great stories and uh congratulations on this album i, I think you're off to uh, probably a nice long run here with several radio tunes and I'm already seeing some big excitement on the streaming platforms. And Thank you. I just hope you keep going and going because, you know, we're we're big fans of yours here at smoothjazz.com. Absolutely. You know, the, they always say with musicians, you don't... Uh, you don't walk away from your career, you die. So, <laughs> yeah. They say that about DJs too. So we're in it, we're in it together. Well, it sounds good. <laughs> it sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Exactly. What else are we going to do? There's no place to walk to. Right. Right. I, I can't do it. I'm certainly not going back to the sheriff's department. So. <laughs> yeah. I know, not these days for sure. <laughs> well, we'll we'll catch up with you soon. I'll look forward to seeing you out on the road on on tour, and uh, definitely count me in for San Antonio next All year. All right, sounds great, Sandy. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, you got it for smoothjazz.com global. I'm Sandy Shore. This is Shortcuts. <laughs>